Welcome back, MTN Nets podcast. Game's not over. There's like three minutes to go, but it's it's garbage time at this point. The Nets take care of business against the Washington Wizards at home on this Friday night. The game was close at halftime. I really feel like the Nets were coasting in the first half. They did not play that well, but they came out in the third quarter, outscored the Wizards 40-24, to so they really took care of business there. I mean... The bench is in at this point. Harry Giles is playing. Harry Giles, we don't see him very often. Wearing some nice blue sneakers tonight, but he's in there. Has a couple baskets already. Just got an offensive rebound and got fouled again. All right, so he's playing some productive minutes there. So good to see him out there and good to see this team now win five of their past six games. The last game was a thriller. I didn't talk to you guys after that. I think I was just trying to be a good boy and go to bed early for once, so I did. But that win against the um, almost said Atlanta Braves, the Atlanta Hawks on Wednesday, 114-113, was an absolute thriller. I still cannot stand um, Trey Young. The guy flops like a mother, but you know I'm shocked that the refs did not call that last one on him on the final play. Usually they would. Probably not because it's the last play of the game. You don't want to, you know, have a game decided over that. So thank God they closed that out. A big clutch basket by Mikel Bridges with five seconds to go. Pulled up at the right wing. I was a little confused why Jock Vaughn did not call timeout. I was kind of pissed about that in the moment. But luckily, you know, Mikel Bridges kind of bailed him out. Wasn't the best shot. Like, it wasn't the best shot selection. But as I said, Mikel Bridges bailed him out. So that worked to perfection right there. Uh, but I will give Jock Vaughn credit. The Nets had a great play out of timeout in that Hawks game. I think they were down. I think they might have been down one. I think that was to take the lead with like 32 seconds to go. They ran this awesome play. Dinwiddie got the ball on the left corner. And Bridges went up towards the foul line. Faked like he was going out to the top of the key, then went back, backdoored. He was wide open for the uh, open layup, and that was a big bucket there at a timeout there. So I'll give Jock Vaughn his credit when it's due, but I was surprised there was no timeout in that final possession. But thank God they finally won in Atlanta because the last couple games there were just really tough losses. And it was looking like the game on Wednesday was going to be the same outcome, but luckily they pulled that one out. So anyway think Harry Giles scored again my god the guy's going off here so two minutes to go in the game they're up by almost 30 at this point it's gotten really out of hand um they've outscored the Wizards now 32 to 23 in this fourth quarter so yeah the Wizards ran out of gas they're not they're not good let's be honest I mean the way the Nets played in the first half there was only a few teams in the NBA that could have afforded to play like that against and luckily that team was on our schedule tonight the Wizards um they're 3-17 and 17 this year, so they've been awful. Um, you know, some of their guys had decent games, but even, like, to start the game, like, they had some ugly turnovers, a behind-the-back turnover, throwing the ball out of bounds, air balls. I've seen a few air balls from the Wizards tonight. So an ugly game for them. But for the Nets starters in this game, um, Cam Johnson, I've seen better. Definitely was not one of his best games, but... You know, he's been better recently, so I'll give him his credit, but this was just not one of his better games. He had only seven points, shot one of five from three. He was better in the second half, but got off to a really slow start, so that was unfortunate. But Mikael Bridges, 30 minutes tonight, so that's good. Limit his minutes when you need to here. Um, he's been amazing lately on a complete tear. 21 points tonight, a plus 24 that led the team. 
He was 9 of 15 from the field, and, you know, his efficiency has been great lately. That's been one of the, you know, few issues with him early in the season. The efficiency was not that great. You would see some games where he was like 7 of 19 or whatever, like something like that. But a 9 of 15 is a great percentage. 2 of 3 from downtown. I think he made a couple threes in the first quarter from that right corner. Um, Had three assists, four rebounds. Did have two blocks as well. He had a really nice block on, I forget who this was now, but I remember this block in the first quarter. It was kind of like the block he had on um, on Bancaro against the uh, Magic the other night, probably a week back, whenever that was, and just playing really solid man-to-man defense and just getting that ball right as, uh, and I forget who it was now, but it's just a good block by Mikhail Bridges there. I wish I remembered that, but still, playing some good defense for the most part. That part of his game in the first you know half of the season it was a bit lacking, but even defensively, Bridges has been better lately, so I like to see that. Nick Claxton, a pretty nice bounce back. He hasn't been great lately. I feel like the past couple games, he has not been the typical Nick Claxton. Played 26 minutes tonight, was 6 of 8, 1 of 2 at the line, had 15 rebounds. Wow, so 4 offensive rebounds and 11 defensive rebounds for Nick Claxton. He was a plus 15 overall. Caught some alley-oops from, um, from Spencer Dinwiddie. Had two blocks. So, yeah, Claxton looked good tonight. Both centers looked great. I'll get to Dayron Sharp later. He's the last one on this list. But I feel like both centers played very well tonight. Um, the Nets Twitter account says Nets win. So it's official. It's 124.97. I think it's going to finish out like that. So, uh, yeah, a big win. I like seeing that. I like the I like the stress-free wins. I mean, some people like close games. I don't. I want to see my team kick ass. I, it's a very enjoyable win that way. Like the game against the, the Hawks, it's great when you win those close games, but when you lose them, it's like, ugh, it's so annoying. So happy to win by a lot. Uh, Dinwiddie played the most minutes tonight, I think. Yeah, 33 minutes. 6 of 15, 1 of 6 from 3. That's been an issue lately for him, shooting from downtown. And Dinwiddie, by the way, had a big 3-pointer in that Hawks game. Right wing, nothing but net. I think it was off, was that the play where uh, Mikkel Bridges had that awesome pass? It might have been. I forget. But um, he made a big shot in that game, so shout out to Dinwiddie. He's been clutch this year. He's been clutch his whole career, to be honest with you. But 9 assists for Dinwiddie, had 3 rebounds. He had only 2 turnovers, not too bad. Three fouls kind of early. I think before halftime he had three fouls or maybe early third quarter. But still, a pretty nice showing for him for the most part. He definitely was controlling the offense tonight, was, you know, getting the ball in the right place. So, you know, pushing the ball in transition when they needed it. So he was fine tonight. You know, efficiency-wise, not great, but he did what he had to do. Cam Thomas had a game, you know, I don't want to say it's a game to forget about. He was 7 of 19 total. 2 of 4 from downtown, 17 points, a plus 14, added 4 assists. He had that nice assist to Cam Johnson on his 1-May 3 in the corner. So Cam Thomas started out the game very cold. He was missing shots. He usually makes uh, Nick Claxton his fourth double-double of the season, according to the Yes Network graphic there. But anyway, um, Cam Thomas missed some shots early. He usually makes... Made some mistakes. You know, I think he had a couple bad passes. Had two turnovers early in this game. Settled down the second half. And he had a bad game against the Hawks. I'll be honest. On Wednesday, it was his worst game of the year. Um, if you watch that game, you can tell the Hawks really went all out to get the ball out of Cam Thomas's hands. They were blitzing him like around half court. And 
Cam Thomas was playing like he never saw a double team before, but it's a good learning experience, especially to win that game and have the learning experience. Like, I'll take that. So hopefully Cam can learn from that. But I feel like the last three games or so, Cam has not been like himself, but he's been fine. Aside from that Wednesday game, he was not good. But tonight he was fine. He had a much better second half. Hopefully that carries over on that West Coast trip coming up. DFS made a big three in this game. Uh, it wasn't like a big three, like, you know, to, to t- it was like to take a 15-point lead, so I don't mean like it was a close game, but a really nice three because it was a play where one of those really awesome possessions where everybody touched the ball, like it started from the left wing, went to the left corner, went to the right corner, then went to the top of the key, and I feel like everybody touched the ball. The crowd was hyped, and the bench was hyped, and, you know, Ian Eagle was hyped, and, um, uh, DFS made that straight on three to go up by like 15 or so. So that was a big shot by him. Once again, not big shot in the situation, but it's just a big shot for momentum in my opinion. Only eight points. I think DFS had an and one in this game as well. Uh, three of three at the line. He only had three rebounds and one steal, but I feel like he was a positive tonight. Played some solid defense out there. So I liked what I saw from him, but not the biggest game statistics wise. Royce O'Neal was 3 of 9 from downtown, made a couple long ones, that's what he does now I guess, but 8 rebounds, 5 assists, 1 block. Uh, Royce played well, it's one of, uh, you know, not not his best game of the year, but I think he was probably, you know, a very much above average game for Royce O'Neal's standards, I'll take this kind of game any night from him, so 4 of 10 from the field. He did get to the line, which is pretty rare for him. Made both foul shots, so that's good. But, yeah, a nice night for him overall. Trenton Watford, 19 minutes, which I don't think Watford even played against the Hawks, did he? I could be wrong, but I feel like there was a recent game where Watford did not play. But he got 19 minutes tonight. There was no Dennis Smith Jr., who, by the way, he deserves a shout-out as well because he was a dog against the Hawks on Wednesday. There was that um, possession. I recorded this on my TV and posted it to Twitter. I don't even know. I don't know how to screen grab and all that fancy shit, so I just put the phone up to my TV and just record it. But there was a possession where Dennis Smith Jr. completely locked up DeJounte Murray, like full court. And I think it led to, like, a pass to Bogdanovich in the corner, and he airballed it because it was, like, a— you know, last second pass with the shot clock almost expiring. So Dennis Smith Jr., of course, not the best offensive player, but he was a pretty, he was a positive. Like he made a couple mid-ranges in that game and he was so good on defense. Awesome. So definitely a shout out to Dennis Smith Jr. He sat out this game with like a back soreness or something like that. So hopefully it's like one of those like just precautionary type injuries and He'll be back for the uh, West Coast trip. Speaking of injuries, before I forget, Lonnie Walker's out for a bit. He's going to miss the entire West Coast trip probably. He's missed the last like three or four games with that hamstring strain. I'm glad they're taking it slow, but luckily they've still been winning even without Lonnie Walker, but he would have been nice to have for that West Coast trip. Um, Harry Giles, I mentioned him a bit. He was four of six in garbage time, had two rebounds, two blocks. He had eight points, so... The guy's a bucket for a center, but he does not get the minutes unless it's garbage time, and that kind of is what it is. They're not going to change their rotation anytime soon unless there's an injury to a Claxton or Dayron. But even when Claxton was hurt, Giles was still not getting minutes. So even if one of those guys does get hurt, there's no guarantee that they give um, Harry Giles minutes. So kind of sucks for him, but, you know, maybe at some point in the year he will be needed. Um, Dayron Sharp. 
He's the last guy here, maybe the best for last after this performance. 20 points. He was 7 of 13. Went back to that spin move. It's so funny because Daron Sharp, like the first two and a half, it wasn't two and a half, but like two years and, you know, 10 games or whatever before this year. He never did that spin move. Now I feel like every time he's doing that spin move to his right, he did it like two or three times tonight. And I think one time it worked. Like he was so good on the boards once again. He had 11 rebounds. He had five offensive rebounds, six defensive, had four assists, had one block. His block was awesome too. Mikel Bridges played a good defense. And I think Daron came from the weak side, right block to left block, and had a great well-timed block. Um, I forget who it was now. Was it Tyus Jones? I forget. But anyway, um, a great game for Dayron Sharp. And, you know, he's a guy I was definitely critical on in the past, but he's been great. He really has. He's been one of the, probably one of the better backup centers in the NBA the past few weeks. I mean, he's been awesome. So such a good rebounder, made his lone foul shot tonight off the N1. So if he continues to play like that, I'm going to be a big Dayron Sharp fan going forward. So Team stats-wise, the Nets shot 7% better from the field. The Wizards shot 18% from three. That is awful. I know they started off the game 0 for 8 from three, but it did not get much better. 18%, 6 of 33 total. The Nets were 10 for 33. So only uh, four more made threes, but that's a 30% clip as compared to 18%. Uh, Free throws were pretty similar. The Nets missed four. The Wizards did miss six, but they had three more attempts rebounds the nets had 14 more somehow this team continues to out rebound everybody they play i don't know how they do it but hey good for them the nets also had six more offensive rebounds which leads to more shots the nets actually had 13 more shots than the wizards in this game the nets had eight more assists they had four more steals one more block five less turnovers they did have 11 less points off turnovers that's interesting so i figured it'd be kind of the opposite but the Nets did have 15 more fast break points, which is an area that, you know, that's one of the few areas I miss Ben Simmons in. He was good with the fast break points, but hey, 22 to 7 outscoring them in this game, that's big. The Nets had 20 more points in the paint. That's also big, especially with Claxton and Dayron having a great game makes a lot of sense. Um, the Nets had two technical fouls. I don't remember that. I know, like, it was getting a little chippy with um, Royce O'Neal and, like, What's his name? Kisper or something like that? Was it Muscala? One of those guys, like some, one of those white guys on the uh, Wizards was kind of getting into it with Royce. The Nets' largest lead was 30. The Wizards' largest lead was 2. <laughs> so um, it's a good win. I meant to make a reaction tonight. I know it's not the best game to react to, but I figured like I might as well react to this one because this is right before the road trip, and I don't see myself making many commentaries after the road trip, especially during the work week, that's way too late for me. But, you know, maybe after like a Thursday game or after, uh, I don't know. We'll see. I'll definitely, I'll try to make one after Golden State next Saturday. So, you know, a week from now, basically. So, you know, we'll see what happens there. Um, I remember last year's game against Golden State at Golden State was a big win. And even the home game versus Golden State last year, the Nets put up like 91 points in the first half. So a couple nice games versus the Warriors last year. And they've not been off to a great start so far. I think they're like a playing team. So they have not been that great, but still they have Steph Curry. So, um, But West Coast trip once again, Sacramento, Phoenix against KD and the Suns, Denver on Thursday, Saturday's Golden State, and then Monday at Utah. Then the Nets have three home games in a row right around Christmas or right before Christmas against the Knicks, 
the Nuggets, the Pistons, and then they have another game at Detroit right after that. So that hopefully could be two free wins. Um, I could see the Nets losing to the Pistons because that's what they would do, but still, they should win those games. But anyway, to be 12-9 and going into this road trip is great. I remember talking to you guys after the Charlotte game and just hoping that the Nets would win two of their next three. Well, luckily, they won three of their next three. So now they're up to 12-9. and Even if they have a pretty bad road trip, like even if they lost every single game on the road trip, which I do think they'll get at least one game, hopefully two or three, but even if they lost every game on this road trip, they would still be 12 and 14. So they're not putting themselves in that much of a hole. It would suck, yeah, but you know, playing Sacramento and Phoenix and Denver, that is terrible. So if they can win one of those games, I'll be happy. Hopefully we beat Phoenix for obvious reasons, but even Golden State and Utah, those are more winnable games and hopefully they can take care of business there. But um, as for tonight's win, it was good. It was good to see. As I said, I like stress-free victories, and I would say from halfway from the third quarter on, very stress-free. And I got on here early and did the reaction for that reason. So anyway, hope you all enjoy. Hopefully we look good on the uh, West Coast trip. I'll talk to you guys next week, and um, I'll talk to you guys next time.